This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Us in worship this morning, Brother Crawford, for that wonderful communion thought. What a uh, great morning so far. Amen. Parent dedication is always a special time at our church, and we're excited and thankful that you're here with us this morning. Uh, if you're visiting with us for the first time, uh, you are our honored guest, and this will probably be the last time I say this. You know, I say there's a card in the back of your pew. Take that and put it in the box or pass it to me, but we're changing that. So starting next week, we're going to ask that you take that card and put it in the collection basket as it passes by. So I'm going to have to change my script in the morning. I don't know how I feel about that, but... We do want to let you know that this is the finest church in all of Mission Viejo, though, and we're so excited and happy that you're here with us as we continue on in this new and exciting sermon series entitled, What Are Those?, right? So last week, we began this new sermon series, and in this sermon series, we are attempting to flesh out some misconceptions about various roles within the church, okay? And last week, which was part one, we talked about the role of the elders. And we presented you with different names found in scripture of this office. So if you remember last week, we talked about elders as overseers, pastors, bishops, so forth and so on. And we also talked about their job description, their duty, their... their uh, the weight that they have to carry. And we talked about our response as congregants to our eldership. And we are so thankful to have six outstanding men of God to serve here. Today in part two, uh, we'll examine the role of the deacon. What is a deacon? What do they do? What is their task and their job description, their duty, and our response to them. And the reason we present this material is because not many of us who are part, a part of this church today, I would probably say, I don't know, maybe half of the church grew up attending a church of Christ. And we kind of know these things, right? But there may be some here that just don't understand our anatomy and physiology, the makeup structurally of our leadership here within the church. So we want to do our job of, of presenting this material in a way that's understandable and that will bless you. So we're talking about this role of the deacon. And the question is, well, this term deacon, what does it mean? Well, we know that it comes from the Greek word deaconos, which basically means a servant or one who is busy serving. One who is busy serving. These men are servants of the Lord and leaders of specific ministries assigned by the eldership in the church. And I'm happy to announce and to let you know that at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, we have four deacons, four deacons. And maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them, but here you go. We have Glenn Alsup, who is a deacon here, and he has served as a deacon for a few years over our children's programs and ministries, and he has been doing an amazing, amazing job. We also have Hal, and you guys all know Hal, don't you? You can't miss Hal. Hal is the deacon of facilities. So if you think about this big facility that we have here, including the, the, the school side, Hal is kind of the, 
the subject matter expert on everything, okay? So he is over that. We have Steve Wexler, who is the deacon over Marguerite Christian School, and that's where he spends most of their time. And we also have Ben Wagner, who is a deacon over technology. And I want to say this. We have four, but I think we need four more. Amen? I think we need four more deacons. And why do you say that? Well, let's go to the history of how this office came into existence. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 2 and 3. Acts chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. But before we get to this text, I want to share with you the fondest memory that I have of a deacon growing up. So as many of you know, and I say it all the time, I'm a Southern boy. I grew up in Southeast Georgia. And we attended this church called the East Point Church of Christ. Last year, or last week, I told you about one of our elders. This week, I'm going to tell you about one of our deacons. There was a guy by the name of Brother Robinson who was a deacon at our church in Atlanta, Georgia. This man was a professional man. You see, he was a high school principal. And he had three children of his own, and he was extremely, extremely busy with the work that he was doing. He was a dapper man, always wore a suit and tie and was very, very professional. But at times, you notice he just looked worn out. His eyes were often bloodshot when he came to church for lack of sleep. But this man had a love and a concern for God's church. So he was busy working as a deacon within the church in addition to the home and work responsibilities that that he had. You see, Brother Robinson was always at the church building. He'd be the first one there opening up the building. He would walk the pews and pick up trash and make sure everything was okay. He would be the last at the building, closing down the building. He'd be at the work days, mowing the grass and working hard. And in my opinion, I never saw a greater servant than Brother Robinson. He was an outstanding deacon. He was a servant. And that's what deacons are servants, even though they are already extremely busy. Acts chapter 6, verse 2 and 3. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. So what's the context? We know that Jesus, at this point, had ascended to glory. He was crucified, he rose again, and he had ascended to glory. And before he left, he said to his apostles, go and make disciples of all nations. And then in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, you will be my witnesses. And I want you to go spread the gospel message to all the world and to baptize people. So they had this job of communicating the gospel message. But as the church was growing and people were being baptized and added to these churches, a problem arose in Acts chapter 2. 
And the problem was is that ministry still needed to be done amongst the believers. And in Acts chapter 2, the story goes that there were some widows that were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And the apostle said, you know what? It wouldn't be right for us to focus our attention on taking care of this ministry. So what we need to do is we need to appoint some men to handle this charitable work. And that's where we really see the office or role of deacon be, being established in the church. And the apostles appointed seven men. Some say these men were the first deacons. Others say, well, this wasn't an office. This is just a temporary situation. These men had to take care of this. But whatever the case is, we saw this, these seven men serving, taking care of the needs of the willow, widows. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 1 says this. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to the saints in the church Jesus, in, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. The reason this passage is important is because it names the deacons alongside the overseers. You see, the church in Philippi was a great church. They financially supported Paul. They loved on him, and he had a fondness for the Christians in this area. And Paul makes it a point to greet both the elders and the deacons within the church. And I believe that it is God's design for his church that there would be both elders and deacons working together. So if you're looking on your outline, do deacons have to be a part of the church or should deacons be a part of the church in leadership? The answer is yes. I think God's design for the church is that there be deacons working alongside elders, and that's the way it's supposed to be set up. But you see, the problem is that sometimes elders can become suspicious of deacons. Amen? Am I right? And sometimes deacons can become suspicious of elders. But the scripture tells us that they both, both must work in harmony with each other. But sometimes it gets a little tough because when we think of deacons, we think of men like this. Next slide. You guys ever meet any deacons like this or is this just me? You know, when we think of deacons, we think of really tough, gruff men, don't we? And thinking of my experience within the church and, and, and growing up in the churches of Christ, when I thought about a deacon, I thought about this man, a man's man, who was a person that was going to get the job done at all costs, right? And when you think about deacons, that's what they do. Some of them are very impatient. They're serious about the work that they do, and they don't play any games. So oftentimes they come off kind of harsh and kind of gruff, right, and rough, but God uses men like this sometimes to get the job done. Deacons have a sense of urgency within them. And I thank God when he puts people like this our way. Because you know that the job is going to get tough. But oftentimes, that's a little scary, isn't it? Because they can come off a little, little harsh, a little rough at times. And that's why elders and deacons oftentimes, they, they, have, they have bumps and bruises here and there. But Scripture says they have to work in harmony with each other. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says this, A deacon must be the husband 
but one wife and manage his children and his household well. You see, Timothy the evangelist in the pastoral epistle there was called to appoint leadership in the church. And both elders and deacons were roles that were traditionally assigned to men. However, there has been a shift in our thinking because of the deaconess that we read about in Scripture named Phoebe, right? So right now there's some confusion on this role. Can a woman serve as a deacon or can she not serve as a deacon? We see Phoebe and and the Scripture calls her a deaconess. So what does that mean? So we're seeing some transitions within our church today saying, well, we see this text here got to be the husband, so that must mean male, but then we see in other parts of Scripture, Phoebe, and there's been confusion, and people don't know what to do, so some uh, churches have have deacons that are are, are female, some say it's just a male role, whatever the case is, that's what's going on right now, and they're trying to figure out in a lot of our churches what to do with that, but I will say this morning, I know we have a deaconess in our church. Uh Uh-oh. You ever meet Alicia Wexler? She is the, one of the most hardworking servants I know. And the reason why I feel I can call her a deaconess with confidence is because she is the wife of a deacon. So there you go. <laughs> am I right about it, though? Can we, am I right about it? Now, I'm not trying to push you or pull you or do something weird this morning, but I do know that Alicia Wexler is a servant like none other. And we have special women within our church that work really hard. Where would we be without Mary Vaughn? Amen, right? Yeah. Servant roles. And that's why there's a lot of talk about what does it mean to be a deacon? What does it mean to serve? Does a woman take on a leadership position if she's passing out trays on Sunday morning? Right? Or does she just fix the crackers and the juice in the back row. But she can't really pass the trays to the left and to the right and up and down the aisle. So there's a lot of confusion and discussion about that, right? Can women read the announcements? Can they do some of these things that are really servant-oriented or does that make them leaders then? So there's a lot of discussion and our churches are really trying to work through what all this means. But I will say here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ, the way we operate is our elders our men and our deacons are men, and that's the way we operate here. And I think that's a good and safe model, to be honest. Okay? So that's kind of where we are on that. Just want to let you know that. So now the question is then, what do deacons do? So if you have your outline, here you go. You can fill this in and write this down. What do deacons do? What is their job? What are they called to do? Number one, deacons are called to support the eldership. Deacons are like the workhorses of the church, or some would say even pit bulls of the church. They meet with the elders and they ask the question to the elders, what needs to be done and how can we help get it done? And that's why we love elders and deacons and their relationship working in harmony. The deacons say, what needs to be done and how can we get it done? What else do deacons do? Well, they protect the elders from being involved with time-consuming, service-oriented activities. You know, I love that our elders are involved with everything. And last time, we, uh, yesterday, we had a work day, and I'm seeing Robert Acosta out there picking up trash and raking leaves. 
And you know what elders or deacons would do in that situation? They would say, Robert, you get out of here and let me handle this. In a nice, kind, loving way, of course. But that's what deacons do. They look at our elders and say, you know what? Let us handle this. You guys handle this other area and let's work together and let us support you. And that's what deacons do oftentimes. What else do deacons do? Well, they uh, execute the plans that the elders have set for the congregation. They're almost like the NCOs, if you've ever heard that term in the military. What needs to be done, let's carry it out. Point number two, what else do deacons do? Well, they serve within specific ministries within the church. Well, what does that mean? Deacons, if we look at Acts chapter 2, they oversee charitable work. You see, deacons, they serve the poor, the sick, and the hungry. Oftentimes, deacons oversee youth programs and facilities, and they care for the elderly. You see, they are involved in Christian education and social justice projects and etc. You know, this is just my opinion. Without a good, strong group of deacons, work really can't get done at the church. And some of you disagree with that. But for those of us who have been in the military, if you didn't have your NCOs, what would you have? Not much. And God's design for a church is that there be deacons and that they would work and serve hard. Without deacons, projects become none, uh, less important. Apathy occurs. And that's why good deacons are so, so important. And we're blessed to have four great ones here. What else? Well, deacons encourage members to be involved. You saw that picture earlier of the deacon barking out orders. Hopefully none of ours would do that. I know they wouldn't, right? But deacons encourage our, our members to get involved. And, you know, a lot of that responsibility sometimes flows up to our shepherds because our deacons, we only have four and they're doing so much already. So they're asking people to get involved. But deacons are the ones that go around and say, hey, I'm serving in this capacity the elders want me to take on this responsibility. How can I get you plugged in and involved? Deacons are men who have volunteered to serve the Lord by leading ministries in the church. Many of them, like we said, uh, uh, reach out to members on occasion or should reach out to members often to get them involved. A uh, couple more passages and then I'm done here this morning. John chapter 12 and verse number 26 says this. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servants also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Like I said, deacons are men who have volunteered to serve the Lord by leading church ministries. Many of them, and I'm thinking of Glenn Alsup and Ben and many others, uh, Steve, they work full-time jobs without receiving any pay uh, from the church. And serving as a deacon is a very, very tough job. And in my opinion, and this is my plea, more men at this church need to serve within this capacity. And as I look around the auditorium this morning, I know there are men here that love the idea of service, that need to be involved serving as a deacon. So what is our response to the deacons? Number one, we've got to encourage the ones that we have. Deacons experience burnout often. Often. I think about Glenn and all the work that he does and his obligations and response. It's tough one. When I think about Ben, they've got so much going on, right? Think about the Fergusons. So much going on that sometimes you just get burdened, overwhelmed, and you feel burnt out, right? We've got to make sure we encourage our deacons to stay the course and to say to them, we really appreciate your service and what you're doing here at this church. So 
You pull a deacon aside today, today and, and say thank you to them. We need to pray for more. Need more help with our, uh, we need men to serve in this capacity to really help our elders. Um, our elders have a tough job, and we talked about that last week, and we need more deacons here at this church. And to advance the, the mission of Christ in the world, in this region, in this city, we've got to have more men. Now, I know many of you men don't want to serve as elders, and I get that. I don't blame you. Amen. That's a tough, tough job. But guess what? You can serve as a deacon. You can. And I would encourage you to talk to our elders and say, hey, I'm ready to serve. Maybe I can serve in the capacity of a deacon. Volunteer as a deacon, and God will be pleased with you. He'll honor you. And then lastly, as I step down, be willing to serve. This is our response. Uh, be willing to serve when called upon by a deacon. This is my opinion. Everybody in the church needs a job. Can I get an amen? Everybody in the church needs a job. You, you, you see, I appreciate that you come on Sunday morning and you show up and you're a part, but that's not your job. Did you, did you know that? That's, that's not your job. And I know many of you are busy. And here's what we do in the church often. There are a bunch of busy people that come and then we try to give them the toughest job in the world at the church, don't we? <laughs> right? So I know you're busy, but can you teach this class for eight quarters? You're like, wait a minute, I can't do that, right? Or can you be the, the facility head? And, and, and we got to think in terms of chopping things down. There's a job here for everyone. Maybe it's going to pick up the bread for Comfort Cafe on Thursday. Maybe it's just walking the pews to make sure everything's ready to go. Maybe it's just putting inserts in the bulletin, so forth and so on. I believe everybody needs a job here at the church, a way to serve and to help. And if you don't have a job, I would just really encourage you, really encourage you to think through that process and be willing to serve when called upon. And if you're willing to do that, I think God will bless this church in tremendous ways. So what's my exhortation to you this morning? If you know a man, or if you have someone that's willing to serve, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, think through that process. Now, that doesn't exclude women or children, right? Because I think everybody has a place here and a purpose here and can serve in some capacity. And if we do that, we can really make an impact for the kingdom in this region. So we thank the Lord for our elders, and we thank the Lord for our four deacons that we have here this morning. And if you want to serve in this capacity as a deacon, we could sure, sure use your help. So by way of invitation this morning, there may be someone here uh, that is not a member of Christ's body, uh, have not given your life to the Lord through repentance and baptism, yet this opportunity is for you. We always give you an invitation time to come forward and say, you know what, I'm guilty of sin. I've been living a life contrary to the will of God. I'm ready to follow him. And this morning, we'll baptize you in water. You can have your sins and iniquities washed away, and you can be added to the kingdom, the greatest kingdom on earth. This morning, if you are a Christian and your service hasn't been where it needs to be, and you want to make some changes in your life and you really want to serve, we give you this opportunity to say, hey, you know what, I need to improve on some areas, and I know that I can get involved here and really help. This invitation is for you. We invite you to come together while we stand and sing. Just as I am.